0: This is not a drill. Rihanna is pregnant.
1: Hi, I'm Madison Malone-Kercher.
0: And I'm Rachel Hampton, and you're listening to I See Why Am I In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture.
1: Rachel, I'm just going to start off with, with a warning. It is winter Ooh. in New York City. It is radiator it is. season in New York City. And despite my absolute best efforts, I, I cannot be held responsible for any noises my radiator may or
0: may not make during the course of this episode. And you shan't be held responsible because the other choice is for you to freeze, and I think that might count as like an OSHA violation. I don't really know what the rules are when all working from home.
1: Oh no, I'm willing to freeze. My radiators are turned off. It's <laughs> they still make noise. It's like there's a man inside of the pipes with a hammer just going clink 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 clink. Except it doesn't sound as delightful as that.
0: Are they also screaming? I love the little radiator screams. The
1: that That yeah,
0: that sound. Call me (laughs) Mariah Carey. (laughs) Wow, the whistle tones jumped out. (laughs) Ariana Grande found dead. (laughs) All right, so today is not not the show to debut my musical talent or the lack thereof. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we are we are talking about music and streaming platforms. So, we, we can make a transition here because today on the show, we're getting into the public push to get Joe Rogan off of Spotify, where that came from and and why platforms like Spotify are so hesitant to sever ties with their biggest names when their biggest names are uh, caught out.
0: But first, you know them, you love them. That's right. It's time for some high-speed downloads. It's been a while.
1: It has, it has indeed. We'll be talking about the real news everybody cares about on the internet today. We'll be talking about it very quickly. Uh, Rihanna's having a baby.
0: My girl is pregnant. And also romance Twitter is up in some big, beefy man arms. That's right, they're furious. Uh, (laughs) They're furious at a YouTuber who's reading and critiquing the genre. You can't use the phrase beefy man arms after we've pivoted away from Joe Rogan.
1: (laughs) I can do whatever I want. (laughs) What we're saying is
0: today we've got the three R's for you.
1: Rihanna, romance, and Rogan.
0: More R's after the break. And we're back with High-Speed Downloads. If you're not familiar, High-Speed Downloads is a segment where Madison and I have 60 seconds to explain everything you need to know about a meme, a topic, or a moment on the internet. And if you don't like listening to people talk really, really fast, maybe slow your podcast playback speed to like 0.75x. If you do 0.5x, we sound drunk. That's fun too. Yeah. Madison, you're up first. What have you got for me? Rihanna's pregnant. Ugh, my favorite topic. All right. You have 60 seconds on the clock. Three, two, one. Go.
1: Okay, on Monday, photos of Rihanna sporting a baby bump were published. She was walking around town with ASAP Rocky, who appears to be the baby's father. The two were wandering outside in Harlem. Rihanna's wearing this, like, puffy pink coat that's unzipped to reveal a bejeweled stomach. It is glamorous. I think these gemstones at one point, like, adorned a pope or Queen Elizabeth. Someone should check with Queen Elizabeth, but I gotta ask, it was 15 degrees in New York City this weekend, so, like, glamorous but fucking cold. This follows rumors from December that she was pregnant, which Rihanna denied. Uh, She DM'd a fan who asked about a baby shower and she said, stop. You ain't come to the first 10 baby showers. Y'all breed me Every year, damn it lol. Y'all breed me every year, damn it lol. <laughs> As Rihanna said in that first message, this is not the first time pregnancy rumors about her have swirled. In 2019, she told Essence Magazine, I'm a black woman, I come from a black woman who came from a black woman, who came from a black woman, and I'm gonna give birth to a black woman. Which made everyone think that she was literally going to give birth to a black woman imminently. Uh, this did not happen. Uh fans really like being up in celebr cele- uh, cele- celebrities. Fans really like it clock. when celebs <laughs> are pregnant, or they can talk about the drama of celebs being pregnant. This happened with Beyonce, Rihanna, Nicki Minaj. Uh, you know, like anytime anybody physically appears to have a stomach, it's like, oh, pregnancy, get out. Celebrities' uteruses, get out of my uterus, get out of everyone's uterus.
0: Get out of everyone's uterus. What a place to stop on!
1: Not my finest performance.
0: Well, to cap it all off, you have one sentence to perhaps redeem yourself just a little bit. Do you have anything else you'd like to say?
1: I do, and honestly, I'm not even gonna have to cheat. It is truly one sentence I am happy if Rihanna is happy but I would be happier with a new album.
0: (laughs) Yes. Like, I love everything she has built for herself. Fenty Beauty, the lipstick, phenomenal. We love her, but also Anti came out so long ago. I can't keep playing Kiss It Better. I mean, I can, but I need more. We have not eaten well since. She said, I want you to stay hungry. (laughs) (laughs) And bitch, we have. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Rachel, it is your turn. What do you got for us? <sighs> I've got um, romance Twitter. Ooh, a is... place
1: I avoid <laughs> as, as a, a standing policy.
0: You know, I understand why. And I say this as somebody who loves romance. I do feel like even before I get started, I must do my romance bona fides because I do not want for people to come at me. I yeah, love romance. They... Romance got me through the pandemic Beverly Jenkins is my idol. I've profiled romance novelists before. Everything I'm saying is as a member of the community. Don't come into my DMs with some fuck shit. It's cute that you
1: think (laughs) any of this is going to keep Romance Landia from going from zero to pitchfork in three point five, if they so choose.
0: I mean, it's either that or me just saying I'm a black woman. If you come after me, you're racist. But I prefer not to pull that one out unless I absolutely have to. All right, let's actually get into the (laughs) speed (laughs) download.
1: Okay, you have 60 seconds on the clock to explain the latest romance Twitter drama. Three, two,
0: one, go. Okay, last week YouTuber Jack Edwards posted a really funny innocuous tweet about how men in romance novels are always big. He said, No one romance novels, this book is so this man is so big, he is just so huge, he towers over me. All I can think about is how big he is. His arms are so big, he is so big. This is so accurate. Every single man in a romance novel is like 6'4 and has big meaty arms like Gaston. Anyway, after this very true tweet came out, the members of Romance Landia descended upon him. So many women, mostly white, raged against him, feeling like he was attacking their work. They were basically acting like they're being oppressed by this tweet that I must say is accurate. If you put a any 10 romance novels off the romance shelf in Barnes and Nobles but of course people feel like romance is looked down upon which is true it is like called women's lit and has historically been relegated to the realm of fluff and not serious when there's actually a lot of great work around desire and sex and race but most importantly it's a billion dollar industry it's not an oppressed class. Romance glandia, like most fandom spaces have a tendency to turn into a place where any sort of commentary that isn't glowing praise is just like an outright attack on the lives of writers and I must say stop it this is terrible and he also said this in a follow up tweet that he's enjoying his first foray into romance so leave him alone (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's why I avoid that side of the internet. Uh, Rachel, final <laughs> sentence.
0: Um, I realized that I didn't actually describe any of the attacking tweets. So here's one that's very bad that actually comes from an account called Bad Romance Takes. So maybe this is simply a uh, satire. But it goes, there should be conversations about how we describe bodies in romance male and female, but we don't need a literature bro with two weeks of reading experience to tell us that. I think when a literature bro reads four books and then goes stomping around the internet pointing out everything wrong with romance around February, romance readers know what it is and where it came from. Don't let this guy think he started a dialogue. Like every single February, Romance Landia gets all up in arms whenever anybody talks about romance because they're like, people ain't talk about romance around Valentine's Day. And I'm just like, my 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 fellow romance readers Shut up. <laughs> An excellent final sentence.
1: Uh, we're going to reset our stopwatches and get ready to talk about that other set of beefy arms uh, we mentioned <coughs> at the top of the show, Joe Rogan.
0: I'm so excited.
1: After the break, we'll be back to discuss the drama surrounding Mr. Beefy Arms, Spotify, <laughs> Neil Young, and why it's so difficult or Why it shouldn't be so difficult, but it is, for personalities and platforms to part
0: ways. More beefy arms after the break. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. If you want to support the great journalism Slate does, consider joining Slate Plus. It means no ads on any Slate podcast, just like this one. And you'll also be supporting this show. ICYMI would not be possible without y'all's support. And Slate Plus really helps keep this show going. You'll also get bonus segments or episodes on some great shows like Slow Burn, Amicus, and Mom and Dad are Fighting. You'll get unlimited reading on the Slate website. You'll never hit the paywall. And you'll get access to every single article and advice column on Slate. To subscribe, go to slate.com slash ICYMI+. That's slate.com slash And we're back with Joe Rogan, a name I hope to never utter on this podcast. And yet, here we are.
1: So this past week, musician Neil Young removed all of his music from Spotify because he decided that he could no longer support a platform that is promoting COVID misinformation. And he's talking specifically about the Joe Rogan experience hosted by oprah win no joe rogan
0: (laughs) don't malign oprah like that not even (laughs) jokingly (laughs) the joe rogan experience uh briefly is a very long podcast where rogan sits down with guests and has these kind of freewheeling conversations heavy air quotes around conversations that are never fact checked and also never seem to end they promote everything from ivermectin as a COVID cure, to uh, suspicions around vaccines for children. And that's just scratching the surface of the last three months of the Joe Rogan experience.
1: He's just a man asking questions, you know?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. They removed you for not going along with whatever the tech narrative is, because tech clearly has uh, a censorship agenda when it comes to COVID in terms of treatment, in terms of the, the wh- whether or not you are promoting what they would call vaccine hesitancy. They can ban you for that. They can ban you for, in, in their eyes... I just realized that I've never actually heard Joe Rogan's voice, and I, and I, I think... In my head, he was Alex Jones because that voice sounded so normal. I thought he'd be screaming. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, 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 that's not his style. Alex Jones, a lot, a lot more shouting. The thing though is, you probably have heard Joe Rogan's voice. He's a former stand-up comedian and uh, more, more relevant. He was the host of Fear Factor.
0: Did you ever? Watch oh that? my god joe rogan welcome to fear factor the stunts you're about to see were designed and supervised by just had a flashback my family used to watch it and it always scared me because just i am visualizing like bowls full of bugs and yeah yeah. locked
1: into a box full of snakes kind of thing yeah Yeah. not for Mm -hmm. me um the, the dude's a bro
0: i yeah he is a bro and maybe that's why i keep confusing him with random other bros like i thought he was alex jones and then i also thought he was a dude who only eats meat but i think that's a different man right that's jordan peterson
1: (laughs) uh look it's just a category of men that joe falls into which is he loves being provocative and seems to not give a flying fig about spreading misinformation so long as he keeps raking in that spotify cash uh while doing what seems like as little work as possible i'm sure it involves some work but you know Research takes time.
0: It does. I mean, would I do the least amount of work possible if Spotify was giving me a lot of money? Yes. But that would result in me talking about Tumblr for hours on end, not ivermectin.
1: (laughs) At the beginning of the year, uh, some people who actually do quite a lot of research take a lot of pride in it. This group of 270 scientists and medical professionals signed a letter urging Spotify to take action against that misinformation Joe Rogan is spreading in his show.
0: That letter from these 270 scientists inspired musician Neil Young to write his own, alerting Spotify that they could either have his music or Rogan's podcast on the platform, but not both. And Spotify made it abundantly clear that Rogan wasn't going anywhere because they had sunk too much money into him, thus meaning that Young removed his music.
1: This inspired other musicians, including my dear, sweet, perfect Joni Mitchell, um, to join in pledging to remove her music from the platform if Spotify didn't do anything. And uh, most of her stuff is now gone, save for a few albums. I'm not quite sure why those are still there. Probably some contracty stuff. Uh, that would involve research. Uh, <laughs> I will say thank God that Case of You is on the Practical Magic soundtrack, because otherwise, how would I sob once a week? Uh, that song really just instant waterworks for me, you know?
0: Just before our love got lost, you said, I am as constant as a northern star. And I said, constantly in the darkness, where's that at? If you want me, I'll be in the bar. You've never said a less surprising thing. I will say I feel vindicated in the fact that I've kept forgetting to cancel my Apple Music subscription for two oh, years wow. now. Two years, I've just been paying Apple Music $5 a month, and I thought I need to cancel that. And now I'm like, ooh, sweet, sweet vindication.
1: Yeah, because you know what tech platform is good? Apple. I didn't
0: say it was good. <laughs> Where did you hear me say that? You know what other tech platform isn't good? Spotify.
1: And Spotify on Sunday released updated guidelines stating that they were going to add a content advisory to any podcast episode featuring COVID-19 discussions.
0: Importantly, that does not mean they'll remove misinformation from their platforms, just that it'll tell you if any podcast is discussing COVID-19 discussions. So... Theoretically, Joe Rogan's podcast will have the same advisory as a podcast featuring Dr. Fauci, because that's totally how you distinguish misinformation. And you know who that helps? Joe Rogan, who took to Instagram to discuss the controversy and, of course, refutes the claims that he spreads any misinformation because he's, you know, he's just asking questions and having a conversation. I do not know if they're right. I don't know because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a person who sits down and talks to people and has conversations with them. Obviously, I feel we don't have to say that this is dangerous, but we're going to say it. This is dangerous. The kind of just asking questions mentality is usually just a cover for just allowing misinformation to breathe without fact checking it or for provocation provocation's sake. It. The just asking questions mentality is basically like, this question has no real life impact. And that's not how anything works. And unfortunately, and also predictably, Spotify's response is like mad weak. It doesn't really look like the current efforts to de-platform Rogan are going to work. Because what Neil Young or Joni Mitchell might be missing here, or not missing, but their supporters are missing here, is that Rogan has the power not Spotify. They need him a lot more than he needs them. When Joe Rogan joined Spotify,
1: he signed a deal
0: for $100
1: million $100 million uh, little Austin Powers thing. uh, $100 million to bring his whole back catalog of shows and all new episodes of his show exclusively to Spotify, which converted a huge audience into Spotify subscribers, uh, which is, if you work for a subscription platform like that's the golden goose right it's like who can we pay that will translate to a loyal following who will mm-hmm. then use our platform for other things too like that that you know it makes people who work at subscription platforms very excited
0: Taking already established audiences and converting them into Spotify subscribers is basically the platform's whole new direction. They've invested so much money into podcasting, specifically podcasting with big names attached. They signed a deal with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry.
1: It is. I've been trying to think if there is any one artist who could really push Spotify to change by pulling their catalog. And I mean, names like Taylor Swift and Beyonce come to mind.
0: That's the thing about Neil Young and Joni Mitchell pulling their music, which is an incredible principle stand, and I commend them for it. But their music catalogs, which are very important and brilliant works of art, as Madison can attest by the fact that she cries to a song from Practical Magic once a week, they're, they're not really continuing to grow. There's not new music coming in that will inspire listeners to keep coming back every month. But you know who does inspire listeners to come back? Every week? Joe
1: Rogan. It's funny because Meghan and Harry inked a deal with Spotify in December of 2020 for $25 million. And the couple did release a statement voicing their concerns with the promotion of misinformation on Spotify. But uh, they didn't go so far as to, you know, send the check back, pull out completely.
0: Yeah, I think that's the only income they have right now.
1: It is concerning that we are at a place where Joe Rogan seems to have Spotify like by the financial throat and that they can't or won't do anything meaningful to, uh, fix this.
0: But it's also not really new either. I feel like we've talked about deplatforming a fair amount and it's re- a really difficult thing to do when a platform depends so much on an individual it's really similar to how Twitter didn't want to get rid of Trump until the very bitter end because they could like feasibly look away and not take responsibility for any of his content because they were just a platform for his tweets. And let's be honest, having access to the president potentially tweeting out the nuclear code was a great gift for Twitter. <laughs> YouTube's
1: version of this, of course, was Alex Jones, whose show InfoWars ran for years on their platform uh, without any sort of regulation. If you never watched InfoWars... I'm happy for you. Uh, Alex Jones is a person who has denied that the children who were murdered at Sandy Hook uh,
0: were real. Yes. He said they're paid actors. And YouTube uh, said, okay, here's an ad. <laughs> YouTube
1: until 2018 said, eh, we're fine with that. Um, until a whole bunch of websites started removing Alex Jones's content from their platforms, like truly, you would wake up every day and it would be like Pinterest has de-platformed <laughs> Alex Jones. But before that, YouTube really had no incentive to do anything because his show was driving money for them, and like, who cares what he's saying between the ads? I guess what we're saying here is it is costly <laughs> and risky for these platforms to take a principled stance, uh, which is why I think we can't chicken out here, Rachel. So you and I must must take ours. Deplatforming Joe Rogan from Spotify, yes or no?
0: I mean, morally, yes. Do I actually think it will do much? No, because the thing is, Rogan's followers will follow him anywhere. There was this August 2021 Verge article that actually made the case that Rogan going exclusive to Spotify. Diminish his influence and his audience because people couldn't access him without a subscription. Whereas before, his show would also be on YouTube or other podcasting platforms. And so unless every single publishing platform decides to de-platform Rogan, getting him off Spotify won't do much. And in fact, getting him off Spotify will only further activate his audience to follow him wherever he goes. That's not a reason not to do it, but I think that if Spotify does do it, we can't just sit here and be like, yay, the problem is dealt with. Because it's not.
1: I think that's fair. I'm in the camp of deplatform the fuck out of him, deplatform the hell out of whoever is the him of the day, right? Uh, it is wildly effective if enough platforms do it. And the reason I think about it, or I feel so strongly about it, is this. Joe Rogan's audience, you're totally right. They will follow him wherever he goes. But the group that I'm interested in protecting is somebody who is not a Rogan listener yet, is not a Rogan fan yet, but might become one if he is on a mainstream platform that is serving up this content easily and for free alongside, like you said, a podcast that's interviewing Dr. Fauci. Those are the people who, if we can avoid getting this content into their ears and in front of their eyes, that seems worth it to me.
0: I agree with you. And I I do hope that if Spotify does decide to deplatform him, that it would create that domino effect. But at the very least, they could stop promoting him as heavily as they do. I was scrolling through Twitter because I'm... It's my job. (laughs) You were working. I I saw these people who were like, ever since Joe Rogan has been on Spotify, I don't even listen to podcasts, but Spotify knows that I'm under the age of 15. I'm a man and all I've gotten served are ads for Joe Rogan's podcast. So it's not just like they're hosting this content. They're also actively pushing it into people's feeds who don't previously listen to it. And that's fucked up. And I think that can stop and should stop. But can they can they actually get out of this 100 million dollar deal? Like do you actually think they will? I
1: think they will if and only if they hit the same point that many a platform before Spotify has hit where it becomes fiscally untenable for them to be in bed with Joe Rogan. There were a lot of headlines actually about how Spotify lost more than 2 billion <laughs> billion with a b dollars in market value after Neil Young pulled his music which that's a big figure, but we do need to give it a little context because that sounds very dramatic on its face, but it's not all that different from how much money Spotify had already been losing. Uh, The company has been kind of in, let's say, a slump since 2022 began, though we should note that after Spotify published its new guidelines and Rogan posted his uh, apology, Spotify stock went back up almost 14 points on Monday. So unfortunately, it does seem like uh, (laughs) money does not care about morality.
0: A huge, huge shocker. I mean, that doesn't change the fact that it's a great political statement for musicians to take their music off the platform. But, I mean, unless it's a powerhouse like Taylor Swift or Beyonce or one of the people who has an exclusive Spotify contract, no one really has a chance at making the change of deplatforming Joe Rogan.
1: Rachel, I think I cracked it. I think I know how we can convince Spotify to de-platform Joe Rogan.
0: Uh, okay.
1: We're going to pull our absolutely free podcast off their platform.
0: <laughs> hmm Yes, definitely. That will definitely affect their bottom line so much. <laughs> we have that level <laughs> of influence.
1: There are no perfect answers here. I guess the best we can hope for is...
0: The tech industry being more regulated? Hmm. Nah. All right, that is the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday, so please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe send us some photos of your big, beefy arms over on ICYMI (laughs) underscore pod on Twitter. You can also send us photos of your big, beefy arms at ICYMI at Slate.com.
1: ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. We are edited by Forrest Wickman and Allegra Frank. Amber Smith is senior manager of podcast audience development, and Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcasts. See you online.
0: Or in the gym.
1: Don't you get a new phone case? I did. It's square. It's nice. Thank you. I bought it off an Instagram ad. It's a piece of shit. (laughs)